live your life. You know, you, you have to take chances. You have to believe in things. You have to try and you have to never take a day for granted. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. When the problems of our life are pressing in from all sides, we can be blinded to the beautiful moments that are also happening. Through our grief and pain, our sorrow and confusion, it's really tough to turn our eyes away from the wreck that's happening in front of us to focus on those little moments of joy that are inevitably sprinkled into the tough times. Romans 3.5 tells us, Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Our guests this week were able to find rays of hope through times of adversity and change. We're speaking to talk show host Amanda Klutz, who lost her young husband, Nick Cordero, to COVID-19 in 2020, and managing editor of Catholic Women's Ministry, Blessed Is She, Nell O'Leary. Let's begin with Amanda's story. My name is Amanda Klutz, and I do a lot of different things. I am a talk show co-host on a CBS show called The Talk. I am an author of the book, Live Your Life. I own a fitness company called Amanda Clutes Fitness, and I am a mom. I grew up in Canton, Ohio, which is a suburb of what's about an hour south of Cleveland, in a beautiful neighborhood called Avondale. It was kind of this idyllic neighborhood, kind of like a Norman Rockwell painting and a lot of old homes and beautiful tree-covered streets. There's five siblings in my family, so five of us total. I mean, one brother, four sisters. We were all very close in age. We loved spending time together, loved doing things together, supporting one another. My mom is a housewife and my dad sold insurance for his entire life, worked every single day of his life except for Sundays. And they just taught us the importance of hard work and kind of what it means to be a family and loving each other and putting family first and putting God first. And we had a beautiful church that we went to. It was a Lutheran church. And we were very involved in the church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, choir, catechism, acolytes, and, you know, on Sundays, and just kind of also loved that whole community growing up as well. I wrote an essay in sixth grade that I wanted to be on Broadway and be a Radio City Rockette. And we all went to a performing arts middle school, like a magnet school, it sadly doesn't exist anymore. And so that's how I started dancing and performing in musicals and just fell in love with it. And my mom and dad took us to New York for like an Easter weekend. And I saw the Rockettes perform and I was just like, this is what I want to do with my life. And so I knew very early on and kind of always just had that in the back of my head as I grew up and went to high school and then deciding what college to go to. I definitely was the only kid in my family that wanted to move to New York to be on Broadway, but luckily with a lot of persuasion um, from teachers and myself, my parents actually moved me to New York when I was 18 years old and allowed me to go to musical theater school, conservatory, in efforts to make those dreams come true. 
I remember even at a very, very early age starting to dance and just loving how it made me feel while I was dancing, while, you know, I would be even in ballet class at the bar and hearing the pianist play music and dancing to it, moving. For me, movement in any any kind of movement, whether it's dancing, you know, a ballet class or running on a treadmill or jumping rope or, you know, whatever it is, going for a walk, it's like... It's just an instant mind shifter, body shifter. It never doesn't help. That's how, I feel like that's how I can best describe it. It just never doesn't help. It will always make me feel better, especially if I put music on. I don't know. There's just something about movement for me that really just kind of is my number one mental health, anxiety, stress reliever. I met Nick at a Broadway reading of a new musical called Bullets Over Broadway. And it was like a week long reading that we were doing one summer before the show ever kind of conceptualized for Broadway. And so when I met Nick, we were just friends and he was doing his part in the show very much focused on that. And I was doing my part in the show very much focused on what I was doing. and. We didn't really meet up again until after, until our first day of rehearsal for that show, which was, um, gosh, months later. That's uh, how we got to know each other is just coworkers and friends. And we got closer and became really close friends and then started falling in love with each other. In our differences is how we complemented each other. I definitely helped him stay more on top of things and more focused, maybe. He also helped to calm me down and chill out. We just challenged each other and helped each other, you know, grow in the areas in our life where we were short. You know, we filled in each other's blanks, I think, is maybe the best way to describe it. It's so funny how you can really take health for granted until you are in the risk of losing it. And then it's just so scary. The months that Nick was sick were very hard, obviously. Um, You know, they came out of nowhere. I had never had anyone I loved in the ICU or even in the hospital. Nick himself had never been in the hospital. was a very healthy guy. So it was already scary. And then adding on the, you know, the whole pandemic and COVID and being scared to even leave your house added that whole other layer of just extreme terror and hardships. It was tough. The ICU is a true roller coaster that I don't think you can fully even understand. And unless you unfortunately have to be a part of the ICU for a while because it's hard to really understand how up and down it is. And it was hard to because Nick could never really communicate or speak with me. So it was kind of my own journey that I was on with his mother and my family and his family, just kind of being there every day and trying to just get through every day and doing as everything and anything we could for Nick. A lot of doctors, a lot of medical terms, a lot of learning, a lot of investigating, a lot of research. And, you know, finding comfort came from my family, from his family, 
definitely from God and from prayer and, and believing and having faith and from my social media army that came to my aid, you know, which is crazy to say you could find comfort in complete strangers, but it definitely happened everywhere and anywhere. But um, I would say that was kind of the main sources. I received that Jesus Calling daily devotional from one of my Instagram followers. It showed up in the mail one day and I decided to start taking it to the hospital with me and reading it aloud to Nick and at the hospital each day. I had a couple daily devotionals and Jesus Calling was one of them. Sometimes we just need that daily reminder that you know, again, we're not alone and we don't have to fight through a day alone. We have his companionship. It's such a tough process. Grief is a journey that you really can only go on on your own. I think that you have to look beyond that anger. You have to, you know, you can't say what if or it should have been a certain way or it could have been a certain way because that'll just tear you down. You can't change what's happened. So I would just say that it's a journey that we all have to go on. I found comfort in other widows and widowers for sure. Hearing those stories, hearing their stories helps me feel not alone. And the more we say these people's names, the less their memory dies. Well, Elvis just makes everything better. I don't know where I'd be without him because he keeps me smiling and happy and moving forward and busy in all the best ways. He not only looks like Nick, but he just is like the cutest thing in the entire world. I'm so grateful that he's here and that I have him and that I'm not alone going through this. Of course, I don't know what he understands because he's two. So there's no way of knowing what he understands or what he knows. And and that will be a whole nother journey of this whole process once he does and once he starts to understand and figure it all out. But until then, we just do everything we can to keep Nick's memory alive by talking about Nick and talking about Dada and singing with Nick and all his music that he has recorded and playing it and doing all the things that we can to keep his memory alive in the house. I pray with Elvis at night before I put him to bed. Jesus Listens, October 21st. My faithful God, I look to you this day for help, comfort, and companionship. I know you are always by my side, so even a glance can connect me with you. When I look to you for help, it flows freely from your presence. You are teaching me to recognize my constant need for you in small matters as well as large ones. When I need comfort, you lovingly enfold me in your arms. You enable me not only to feel comforted, but to be a channel through whom you comfort others. As a result, I am doubly blessed. While your comfort is flowing through me to others, some of that blessing absorbs into me. Your continual companionship is an amazing gift. As I look to you, I find you faithful, true, and lovingly present with me. No matter what losses I may experience in my life, I know that nothing can separate me from your loving presence. In your comforting name, Jesus, amen. To learn more about Amanda, 
please visit amandaklutz.com and be sure to check out her story about loving and losing her husband, Nick, in her new book, Live Your Life, wherever books are sold. Stay tuned to Nell O'Leary's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for a special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. When your days feel overwhelming and your life has you anxious and stressed, you can find peace and hope in Jesus. There's a brand new 365-day devotional prayer book called Jesus Listens from Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling. With Jesus Listens, you can strengthen or renew your relationship with God through the continual conversation of prayer. Jesus Listens is perfect if you're busy with life's demands but want to grow in your prayer life, looking for rest and hope from difficult times, or are not even sure how to pray. By praying scripture through this daily devotional prayer book, you'll experience how intentional prayer connects you to God, changes your heart, and can even move mountains. For more information on how to get the new 365-day devotional prayer book, Jesus Listens, visit jesuscalling.com slash jesuslistens. As the middle kid in a family of five children in St. Paul, Minnesota, attorney-turned-writer Nell O'Leary learned the power of community early in her life. A natural storyteller, Nell loved writing in her journals and reading stacks of books, but she also loved watching old court drama TV shows, and the combo of advocating for someone by telling their story drew Nell into pursuing a law degree. After practicing for a few years, Nell stepped away to begin a family with her husband, but her desire for storytelling never waned. She joined a group of Catholic mommy bloggers, which eventually turned into a full-blown international ministry for women called Blessed Is She. My name is Nell O'Leary. I'm the managing editor at Blessed Is She, which means I help manage all of our devotional writing, our products, our books, and work closely with our founder, Jenna Gizar. I'm a mom of five. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm an attorney by trade. But since having kids, I've turned to my first love, which is writing, editing, and speaking. I, I'm actually the fourth of five kids, so big Irish Catholic family up here in St. Paul, Minnesota. So there's always this idea of sticking together, having a, a bit of a clannish mentality of we're loyal to each other. You stick up for your sister. You stick up for your brother. You're kind of a little unit out there in the world trying to navigate it together. It's a huge gift. 
you know, I, I always love storytelling. I was really captivated by telling my own story. I think I filled a million journals with like colored pencils, probably mostly saying things like my sister pinched my bottom and my brother took my book, you know, real profound stuff from, you know, the eight year old. I always was captivated by storytelling, a big reader as a child. And then we watched a lot of the old fashioned Perry Mason shows growing up. I mean, we're going way back here, right? Really dating myself. And I thought, wow, when you're in court, and you're the attorney, it's like the ultimate storytelling. You're advocating for someone, which I love being that fierce, loyal type of personality. You're telling people stories. And somehow that kind of got ingrained in my subconscious that being an attorney would be part of protecting people's stories and, and telling people's stories. And so I ended up at law school, which is a bit of a surprise, but really the, just the right place for me. I clerked for a federal judge. And then I worked as an assistant county attorney and then I had, so a prosecutor, and then I had my own small practice up until about when I was pregnant with our second child. Then I thought, oh, I'm so sick when I'm pregnant, just hyperemesis and and then caring for a toddler, got to hang up my spurs and uh, turn my, turn my attention more to the home front. When I gave up my practice, when I put my license on inactive status and stayed home with my kids, I really still felt this longing for stories. So I started a little mommy blog and a friend of mine from law school actually put me in touch with another woman in Minnesota who was also a mommy blogger. And she added me to a Facebook group. And the woman who had started that Facebook group put this post out one day. I'm sure I was in the pantry eating chocolate chips, hiding from my children, checking Facebook when I saw this post. And the post said, hey guys, I think I'm going to start something for Catholic women where we write something about the mass reading, about scripture for the day. Is anybody interested in something like that? And I'm sure I choked on a chocolate chip while shouting, me, me, pick me. I didn't know this woman. I didn't know her. I I just knew that, you know, I've been the managing editor of the Law Review Journal and law school storytelling and, and helping people tell their stories was such a part of my heart that I really, really wasn't doing, you know, plunking away at my mommy blog, spending time on the internet to escape the mundanities of being an at-home mom, which I loved, but, you know, could be a little little challenging. So this woman, her name is Jenna Gizar. And now fast forward seven years later, she's one of my closest friends. She's the godmother to our fifth child. I'm the godmother to her fifth child. We, We talk and text all day long. We work together so closely in this beautiful women's ministry called Blessed Is She. Every day at Mass, we have certain readings from the Bible. And we could just write little reflections on those readings from the Bible. And I know these other women who are blogging and they could kind of cobble something together here. So in the beginning, it was just very grassroots. There were, I think, 20 writers who said, sure, it was all volunteer. We hadn't met each other, most of us. It was just in emails and in a little Facebook group. And and that grew from inviting women into a free email every day into the Word to read the Word of God, to to hear some other woman's story about how that word affected her, just short, you know, like 300, 400 words. That has grown into an international women's ministry with, my goodness, we have, gosh, tens of thousands of women who receive our daily free email still, and we have over 45,000 women in regional Facebook groups all around the world. We encourage women to get together for blessed brunches. We have hundreds and hundreds of those a year where we provide them with conversation cards and and encourage them to open their door and and meet the women in their area. We have retreats. 
We have little revival nights around the country. It's it's really nothing that we could have planned. I've been so lucky to work alongside Jenna and, and help help support her and her dream and where the Holy Spirit's leading her. But I just I have to laugh. Like this is not this wasn't like you know a business plan. We sat down seven years ago. This is what you're gonna do? It it really has evolved over time. There's a beautiful staff of of eight women who work consistently, and then 40 devotional writers who write every day and. We're just so humbled by what the Lord is doing with our meager offering. The stories we hear from women who encounter Blessed Is She, whether it's our Instagram account or our daily devotion emails, they kind of they kind of blow my mind. They they kind of they blow my socks off to think that people who who had never encountered a relationship with Jesus are coming back to their faith. They're going to church regularly. They're reading the sacred scripture. They're they're baptizing their children. They're they're seeking healing and community when they thought that there wasn't a place for them. Uh, I mean, the emails and the messages we get are, are so numerous. I, I can't even quantify them just to hear how God is moving through us in people's lives. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine said, you know, I, I, I'm reading this book, Jesus Calling. You might really enjoy it. It's, it's not Catholic, but it just has this incredible Christian perspective on God's call in our life and, and listening to him. I thought, oh, okay, I'll check it out. So she lent me her copy and just flipping through and seeing how women are being met in the pages, but also just having this presence when you're paying attention with a devotional book, it just, it kind of hones your attention on God's work in your life. You start seeing it more. You start recognizing when he's, when he's there, the opportunities that are coming up, and instead of thinking, oh, this is all happenstance, you realize, no, that the Lord is at work in all these little ways. So I think Jesus Calling is such a beautiful book and a way to help women just enter into that with greater trust. We're his beloved daughters. My worth and value are just not contingent on all these external things in my life that I thought I had control over to make myself look like this capable, competent woman who was lovable and successful and, and worthy and all these things. To realize, like, oh, I, I don't even have control over any of this. That's not why I'm lovable. I'm lovable because my worth and value are something no one can take from me. doesn't matter if I'm, like, covered in baby spit up, I haven't washed my own hair, like, the kitchen floor is disgusting, I haven't answered an email, they're like, that, that's not my value. And I just don't have to pretend anymore. So it's scary but I can turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I just, you gotta, you gotta help me out here. You gotta, you gotta take the reins. You gotta take over. You gotta guide me with your spirit. Like I can't do it on my own. It brings us to our knees in a way that we wouldn't have if we hadn't had that. And to see how he did have this plan for me to happenstance meet Jenna Gizar and happenstance fall into this blessed is she managing editor role that's grown and grown and and now it's an incredible job I can do from home with my kids. I travel with, I've got a little baby right now. He comes along when we go on retreats and he just gets in a little pouch and nurses and is the happiest clam to think if I had known that seven years ago, oh, someday you'll do something that you'll really love. I wouldn't have learned the important lesson of just being trusting and, and satisfied with what God had in front of me. This is from the book, Jesus Listens from February 10th. Precious Jesus, your word assures me that in your presence there is fullness of joy. As I rest in your presence, pondering who you are in all your power and glory, I rejoice in your eternal commitment to me. 
Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from your love. My relationship with you has been secure ever since I trusted you as my all-sufficient Savior. Please help me remember that I am your beloved child. This is my permanent identity. You've shown me that I can find joy even in this deeply broken world because you are with me always. I need to spend time refreshing myself in your presence where I can relax and learn to delight myself in you above all else. As the love bonds between us grow stronger, so does my desire to help others enjoy the blessings I've had in you. I long for your love to flow freely through me into other people's lives. Please lead me along the path of life and teach me how to show your love to others. In your cherished name, amen. To learn more about the ministry of Blessed Is She and get a copy of Nell's new devotional, please visit blessedishe.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about finding joy in tumultuous times, check out our interview with Maddie Jackson Selectman. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we hear from Pastor Louis Giglio, who shares how we can experience true mental freedom in Christ. Identifying lies and taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, as it says in Corinthians. The key to that is knowing the truth. And we don't win by fighting against the lies. We win by clinging to the truth and walking in it. So yes, we do struggle against an enemy, but we don't win by fighting against the enemy. We win by fighting with the truth. Jesus didn't try to punch out the enemy when he tempted him three times. He just came back to him every time with the Word of God. And then he moved on in accordance with the Word of God. So there's no replacement. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.